You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. We're launching into a new series of messages this morning that we've titled Making Change. And I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks. We're going to talk about some issues that I believe have the potential to bring positive change for your life, for your family, and certainly for your future. Um, so it's going to be exciting as we navigate through the next four weeks. In this series, we're going to talk about something that you have to deal with every day being money. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. Go ahead and tell them. We all get a little nervous when we talk about money. But most of us, if you think about it, most of us spend most of our lives either trying to make money, figure out how we're going to spend the money, or figure out how we're going to manage the money that we have. It's a reality. I mean, we, we can't get away from that. Every day we're dealing with that. Um, and unless you had a rich uncle that died and left you a wad of money, pretty much most of your life is consumed with making money. How do we spend the money? How do we manage that which God has entrusted to us? So we're going to spend the next four weeks talking about this. Now, I don't know if you would be aware of this, but the Bible has a lot to say about money and possessions. I mean, have you, have you ever wondered why God uh, would give us so much instruction about money? I mean, there's about 2,350 verses, to be exact, 2,350 verses of Scripture about money and or possessions. I mean, like, God talked about money like twice as much as He talked about prayer and faith. And it's interesting that Jesus would say, in, in the words of Jesus, he would say more about money than heaven and hell combined. Now, that fact really forces us to ask this question, like, why? Why would God say so much? I mean, when he could talk about so many other things, right? Why would he say so much about money and possessions? And I'm going to tell you why I believe he gave us so much information. It's because he knew that we were going to be challenged. He knew that we were going to struggle with this. He knew that, that money has the, has the potential to be a great point of blessing, but it can also be a great point of challenge. He knew that money and stuff, possession, would have the opportunity to bring blessing to our lives, but he also understood that it could wreck our lives. I believe that's why God gave us so much information about money and possessions. So over the next four weeks, we're, we're going to talk about this. We're going we're to look at four different topics. So let me just give you kind of the overview. This is what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about this. Less is more. Because we've been trained to believe that more is better. And if we're not careful, though, the chasing after of more can cause us to miss the things in life that really matter. So less is more. The second week, we're going to talk about this. Stress is bad. How many of you agree stress is bad? One of the major stressors that we deal with in our lives today is debt, financial debt. What It creates stress, and stress is bad. Never once in my 25 years of pastoral ministry has anyone ever come to me and said, Pastor, we're so excited we just went into debt. It hasn't happened. Why? Because debt is bad. Stress is bad. On the, in the third way, we're going to talk about this. Giving is good. Giving is good. But God blesses giving. And as we learn to live generously, man, it opens our lives to true life. 
And we find great joy as we give. And the fourth week in this series, we're going to talk about this. Tomorrow matters. We don't want to just be living for today. Tomorrow really matters. So we need to, we need to have a plan. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that. So this morning, I would like for you to say these four statements with me. Let's say them together. Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Tomorrow matters. Let's say it one more time. Less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, tomorrow matters. Now my hope is over the next four weeks that these are not just statements that we say, but they're statements that begin to shape how we live. That it, that it gets into the way we process life, that it, that it begins to shape our thinking in relation to, to finances and, uh, and the possessions that God's blessed us with. Now, before I, I jump into the message this morning, I, I want to do a little infomercial. Um, in partnership with this sermon series, we're offering two great learning opportunities for you. We're offering Financial Peace University and Legacy. And we're offering these classes because we really want to help you with an area that, uh, again, you're dealing with every day of your life. And an area, quite honest, that a lot of people struggle with. You know, one of the things interesting for me, through my 12 years of um, school and my four years of college, no one ever put me in a class to teach me about finances. If I, had, if I hadn't had parents that taught me a little bit, and if I hadn't like self-educated, I, I would have had no understanding about money and how to manage money and how to leverage money and how to guard myself from the dangers of money. Like it didn't happen. So we want to offer these classes again as resources to help you. Now as we think about the gathering here this morning, this is really general, but pretty much everyone in the room today falls into one of four categories. Now I'm not labeling you as a point of condemning you. I just want to help you understand where you're at. So as I walk you through these four categories, I want you to self-identify with which group you would fall into because it relates to then which class would best fit you in your season of life. So four different categories. First, we have the struggling. Then we have the stable. We have the solid. And we have the surplus. Now, struggling, let me tell you what struggling is. Struggling is this. And again, you got to figure out if, if you fit into this category. But if you're here today and you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you miss one paycheck and life is all of a sudden crisis mode, then you're in this struggling category. Now, there's a lot of different reasons as to why you might be in that place. Um, potentially, you're underemployed. That could be a reality. Potentially, um, there have been life circumstances that's happened outside of your control, so you're in a struggling place. Or maybe you've just made some really poor financial decisions. But today, the reality is, is your finances are a wreck. Um, you know, if, if that's what it is, it's what it is, right? So let's call it what it is. So you, you're, you would be what we would say you're struggling. Stable is this. Stable means you're, you're making your bills. Um, you're not paycheck to paycheck, but you, you really have like not planned ahead. You don't have an emergency fund. You have way too much debt. Um, life is good, but your finances are not real good. And so we would say you're, you're stable. And then we go on the other side of the bell curve. We have solid. So let me tell you what solid is. If you're in a place where um, 
All of your bills are paid. You have minimal debt because you've been managing that. You have a budget. You're working your budget. You have an emergency fund. And you're thinking forward. You're saving forward. Then we would say, wow, you're in a place that we would call solid. And the fourth is surplus. Surplus is a place that you've come to through God's blessing and your management where we would say, wow, you have been blessed with, with goods and you have more than enough. Matter of fact, you're in a place where you're blessed, God's blessed you, and then you, you're trying to figure out, what do I do with all that God's blessed me with? We would say that you're in a, a place of surplus. Now, let me, let me kind of connect this to the classes that we're offering. If you would say, I'm in a place of struggling or stable, and again, you self-identify, you figure out for yourself. But if you're in a place of struggling or stable, then I would highly recommend you take this FPU, this Financial Peace University class. It'll give you great understanding as to budget. How do you deal with debt? How can you get out of debt? It just gives you financial information and understanding. It's a nine-week course. It's about $100 to take the course. And this is what we're so confident of. We're so confident that this course will help you. We will actually reimburse you if you go all nine weeks. Now, you can't go eight of nine, seven, and don't come to me, Pastor. Yeah, no. All, if you go all nine weeks, we will actually reimburse the money to you. We're that confident that this course will help you. Financial Peace University. Matter of fact, we just finished a session in the fall. Let me share some numbers with you. Of those who were participants in the class, they paid down, the group combined, paid down a little bit over $37,000 in non-mortgage debt in the nine weeks. They saved over $47,000 into emergency funds, and they closed or cut up 53 credit cards. Amazing. All out of that nine-week class. So again, if you're in those one of those first two areas, um, I would encourage you, stop by the table, get some information about Financial Peace University. Now, if you're on the other side of the curve, if you're solid or surplus, I would recommend that you check out the Legacy class. Legacy, as you would imagine by the name, is it's all about thinking forward. Like, how can I leave a legacy that's beyond my life? How can I use what God's entrusted to me? How can I manage it? How can I invest it so that I can be a blessing not only to my children and grandchildren, but to whoever God would have you minister to? So I would encourage you, check out the legacy class. So those are the two classes we have available. And again, we're offering these, listen, because we want to help you. I'm going to give you resources that can better help you manage life. So please check out those two classes. We have a table out in the foyer. Well, today we want to dive into the theme that less is more. Say that with me. Less is more. Because if you're like me, you've been programmed to believe that more is better, right? We've been programmed to believe that. Like if I have one dollar, then two is what? Better, right? If I have one car, then two is better. If I have two bathrooms, then three bathrooms is better. More is better. Like if I have one apple pie, two is not always better. Let me tell you a story. If you've been here any time at all, you know that I, I love apple pie. It's my favorite. But a couple, three months ago, someone blessed me with an unbelievable, awesome, apple pie. I mean, let me tell you how good this apple pie was. This apple pie was so good, if you put ice cream on it, you'd mess it up. 
Unbelievable. And so I had my first piece of apple pie, and it was heavenly. So I had a second piece of apple pie, and it was delicious as well. And I thought, well, I should have a little bit more. And then I got sick, and I lost all of my apple pie. I'm not going to tell you the details of the story because it got pretty ugly. But more is not always better. Actually, the passionate pursuit of more can get us into trouble. So we want to talk about that today. This is what Jesus knew. Jesus knew that the wrong pursuit of the wrong stuff would create challenges in our lives. Let me say that again. The wrong pursuit of the wrong stuff will create challenges in your life. That's why the Bible has so much to say about money and possessions and, and the pursuit of temporary things. For, for you see, how, how we view our money and possessions is of utmost importance. What we do with our money will not only influence our lives today, but it really influences, it shapes the very course of our eternity. That's why Jesus in Matthew 6.19 said these words. Listen, listen as I read this. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Catch this last line. He says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. I think it's interesting that Jesus connected treasure and heart. Treasure and heart. He says, if you're not careful, your heart will go after the stuff And then you find yourself worshiping the stuff. And the stuff then becomes a God in your life. See, the stuff we have can create problems in our lives. Now, now money and possessions are not bad. Let Let me say that really clear. Money is not bad. It can be used for good in so many different ways. Or money and possessions can be used for evil and create destruction. It all depends. Here's the the defining line. It all depends on whether we own the stuff or the stuff owns us. If the stuff owns you, then you have a problem. If the stuff owns you, then the stuff that you have just become an idol in your life. Oftentimes we think idolatry is like I'm bowing down to a statue, like a wooden statue or a golden statue. Listen, idolatry is so much broader than that. If the stuff owns you, if the money owns you, if the possessions own you, whatever it is, if it owns you, then it's become an idol in your life. Interesting, Jesus said in Matthew 6.24, is you can't serve both God and money. It doesn't work. Either you serve God or you serve money. You, 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 can't, you can't serve both. Here's the challenge today that I think we all have to confront. Everyone in the room today, we have to confront this challenge. And it's this, our culture has programmed us to believe that more is better. And here's the deception. The deception is, is that the more you have, the happier you'll be. Right? That's the deception. I mean, think about this. Almost every advertisement on television or radio today is trying to entice you to get something. 
And the enticement is, is this something, whatever they're advertising, this something is going to make you more fulfilled. This something's going to make you happier. You're going to get more and you're going to be better. Like you buy this new car and wow, you're going to have more and you're going to be better. You're going to have more and you're going to be more fulfilled. I mean, that's the whole process of the advertisement industry. They're trying to entice you to this whole concept of, of more is better. But the challenge, folks, is, is that more is not always better. The reality is, is that the endless pursuit of more will leave you unfulfilled, disappointed, and broken in your life. Having more, having more is not always better. I, I was reading an article about individuals who won the lottery and all of a sudden they had more. They like had much more than they had before. And the article said, interesting, said that nearly 70% of lottery winners end up broke within seven years. That's interesting. It went on to say, even where several winners have died tragically or witnessed those close to them suffer, all of a sudden they had more, but the more didn't set them up for success. In honor of our, our theme today, less is more, I've got just one verse in your notes. Sometimes I like to use a lot of verses but guess what? If there's only one verse and you memorize that one verse and you know that one verse, that one verse for the rest of your life and that one verse directs your life, how many would agree that that one verse actually less could be more, right? So here's the one verse comes out of the book of Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse six. You have it there in your notes. It's on the screen as well. Let's read this. Would you read it with me? Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Or maybe we could read it like this. Better one handful with peace than two handfuls with trouble. So here's Solomon. The author of the book of Ecclesiastes is Solomon. Possibly the richest man who ever lived. A man who lacked for nothing, materially speaking, and he's saying it's better to have a little with peace than to have an abundance with turmoil and strife and trouble. I mean, Solomon, Solomon had passionately pursued the more, and it left him searching. I mean, if you were to read the whole book of Ecclesiastes, it's really about Solomon's pursuits. I mean, he chased after all of these things. I mean, he had money, he had wealth, he had gardens, he had horses, he had women. I mean, he had it all. He says, I chased it all. And he says, this is the summation of it all. It's meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Why? Because more is not always better. If we're not careful, it's the chasing after more that causes us to lose sight of what's really valuable. We're not careful. It's that endless pursuit of more, thinking that more is better, trying to arrive at what we've come to define as the American dream. If we're not careful in the chasing after the American dream, trying to gather more, we miss the things that bring lasting value to our lives. But we're all challenged, I believe, to some degree, we're all in different seasons and different places, but I think we're all challenged to some degree with this desire for more. It's the passionate pursuit of more that's, that can create trouble for our lives. Matter of fact, let, let me just really quick give you about three or four dangers 
of the passionate pursuit of more. The first, and I've already mentioned this, but the passionate pursuit of more can lead you to idolatry. It can lead you to worshiping the temporary. It can deceive you in that way. Here's a second danger of the passionate pursuit of more. It can rob you of what really matters. You can be so busy chasing after the more that you lose sight of the value of your marriage or your family or your friendships. Because there's no place in your life for it. Why? Because you're so busy chasing after more because you believe the lie that more is, obviously more is better. Here's a third danger of, of the passionate pursuit of more, and it's this. It can keep you from eternal rewards. Because see, the passionate pursuit of more is all about the here and now. It's living in the moment. I'm gathering for the moment. I'm focused on the moment. And if you're not careful, you go, for, go through your life living for the moment, and you lose sight of eternity. You lose sight of the blessings of, of laying up for eternity. I think a fourth danger of the passionate pursuit of more is this. It it will leave you dissatisfied with life. If you're thinking the more is going to bring satisfaction, you're going to be really disappointed. Matter of fact, Solomon in Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. See, the the challenge with a passionate pursuit of more is that you never have enough. If it's the more you're chasing after, when you get whatever that is, then you want what? You want more. And when you get the more, you want more because, man, you're always chasing after the more. And it ultimately leaves you what? Really dissatisfied with life. So, So let me ask you a personal but powerful question. A simple yet significant question. Here it is. What really matters in your life? What really matters? Or, or let, me, let me state the question like this. If you went to see your doctor and the doctor told you you had three months to live, only three months to live, what would you do in those three months? What would you invest in in those three months? And those top three things, this is what I can guarantee you this one. In the top three, money wouldn't be one of them. In those top three, getting a new car wouldn't be one of them. Getting new kitchen cabinets wouldn't make the top three. The interesting thing is we spend most of our life chasing after the things that really doesn't fit in the top three of what really matters. That's why I would submit to you this morning that less can be more opening you to the more of the life that you really desire and that God desires for you to experience so so how can we confront this challenge of always wanting more I want to quickly give you this morning three simple thoughts first thing we want to do is this we want to cut back say that with me cut back I don't know if you've realized this or not, but for most of us, we have a lot of stuff. I mean, we have we have closets full of stuff that's overflowed into our garages, and we built garages to park cars in, but we can't get our cars in the garage because we have so much stuff. And it's overflowed the garage into the attic, and now the attic's full, and we go rent storage space to store all of our stuff because we have so much stuff. 
Because we believed that more is better. Interesting bit of uh, trivia here. Did you know that the self-storage industry in the United States today generates $27.2 billion? Not million, billion. The industry has been the fastest growing segment of the commercial real estate industry over the past 40 years. And it's been considered by Wall Street, listen to this, it's been considered by Wall Street analysts to be recession resistant. Let me tell you why it's recession resistant. They know that we're going to continue to buy stuff and we need a place to store our stuff. Because why? We're driven, we're driven to consume. It is a reality. It's an ugly reality that we don't like to own, but it, it is a reality. We're driven by consumption, and as we strive to gather more, it distorts our views and it deceives us as to what re- is really valuable. So we need to take action and, and cut back. Because again, less, less is more. See, what we want in life is less stuff and more space for God, Right? What we want is less stuff and more room for, for family and friends. What we want is less stuff and more room for experiences that bring joy for our lives. But to achieve this, we have to cut back on consumption. Listen, you cannot continue to consume more and more and more and have time for the things that really matter. You can't. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells an interesting story. It's a parable. It's a parable of a farmer who had this unbelievable crop, like a bumper crop. And it's like, what do I do? I mean, I have so much. What do I do? He says, this is what I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger barns so I can keep all of my stuff, all of my goods. And I'm going to say, wow, life is good. I don't have to worry. I have all of this stuff. And interesting, in the parable, Jesus calls this farmer a fool. A fool. Because tonight your life's going to be required of you. And what good is all of that stuff? And it's interesting, Jesus closes out the parable with this verse, Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. In other words, your life, the worth of your life is not defined by what you possess. Your value is not defined by what you possess. The most meaningful things at the end of your life will never, it'll never be stuff. Yet we tend to accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. That's why I really want to encourage you to consider this cutting back. And investing in the things that really matter. Less is more. Here's the second thought. We want, not only do we want to cut back, we want to clear out. Say that with me. Clear out. Because we believe this lie that, that more is better, we've gathered a lot of stuff. And most of us have so much stuff, we don't even know what to do with it. Two or three years ago, my wife and I were going to put our house on the market and so we engaged a realtor in the process, and the realtor came out, walked through our house a couple times, walked around our house, and then she said something that really offended me. <laughs> she says, you have way too much stuff. Because like, I'm like you, I like stuff. You like stuff, and we're good at hoarding stuff because we believe that more is better. And she says, if you want to sell your house and you want the house to show well, you're going to have to declutter. She used an ugly word. 
declutter, clear out. So I was offended for about two minutes and then I got over it and my wife and I went to work and we hauled truckloads of stuff to Goodwill, not a load, truckloads. We had a yard sale. We hauled truckloads to the dump. It was amazing. And as we finished, finished up decluttering, as we finished up clearing out, not only did our home look better, and I don't even know how to explain this, but it felt better. We felt better. There was something emotional. There was something spiritual connected to this clearing out. See, our lives can become so cluttered with stuff that we're weighted down, we're worn out, and we're robbed of peace. We have so much stuff well, that life gets complicated. How many of you have walked into your walk-in closet? I mean, we could talk about that for a while. I mean, the home I grew up in that my dad built, each room had one small little closet that you could barely get into. And now we have walk-in, walk-around closets. But how many of you have ever walked into your closet looked at all of the clothes and said, oh my goodness, I don't have a thing to wear. (laughs) It's absolutely not true. Let me tell you what is true. You have so many choices, you can't make a decision about what you're going to wear. Because we have so so much stuff. What I would encourage you to do is, is walk through your closet and... Look at all of the stuff, and if you haven't worn it in a year, bless somebody with it. Clear out. Here's a thought. Buy one, give one. Get one, give one. You get a new shirt, give a shirt away. Get a new pair of pants, give a pair of pants away. Get a new pair of shoes, give a pair of shoes away. Get some new underwear. (laughs) don't give that away doesn't work there everything else get one give one but it's this whole concept of simplifying of of clearing out and this is what I'm confident of hear me friends as we're disciplined to cut back and clear out it gives us more room to enjoy the things in life that really matter that's why I would submit to you this morning that, that less is, is more. Here's a third thought that I want to leave you with, and it's this. We need to learn contentment. Learn contentment. Because of the culture we live in, we're a bunch of discontented people. Because we believe that more is better. And it feeds that discontentment We need to learn contentment. It's been said that contentment's not having what you want, but wanting what you have. I really like that. Wanting what you have. Coming to that that place that you're at peace. Now, contentment there in your notes. Contentment's defined as limiting one's desires, requirements, or actions. Contentment is a a state of mind and a state of heart that's satisfied with with where you're at and and what you have. Now, it certainly doesn't mean that we shouldn't have plans and goals. It certainly doesn't mean that 
We shouldn't try to better our position in life. We shouldn't, you know, go for the promotion. Um, you know, contentment's not status quo. I think oftentimes we thought, well, contentment's status quo. Listen, contentment's not status quo. It's okay. It's okay to have ambitions. It's okay to live out the giftings that God's given you. But contentment's this. It's a state of mind, a state of heart. We're in a place where we're saying, I am blessed in my life and I'm good with all that I have and where I'm at, whatever that is. And again, we're in all different seasons. We're in all different places. But contentment's being in that place where you, you're, you're just satisfied. You're at peace with your place in life. And you don't need something else to bring you to a place of being at peace or something else to bring you to a place of being happy. No, you're happy where you're at because you've come to learn contentment. And I I say learn contentment because you have to train yourself to contentment. Listen, contentment doesn't just like sneak up on you and surprise you while you're sleeping. No, you have to learn contentment. Because if, if we don't learn contentment, your humanity unbridled will always seek after more. It's a humanity problem. And how do I know that? Have you ever watched like a group of two and three year olds play and they have a bunch of toys? And one of the kids gathers all of the toys and he doesn't want to share, does he? Now, if you're the parent, let me ask you a question. Did you teach him not to share? Come on. Did you teach him not to share? No. Well, it's like natural in his humanity. And I think for all of us, we're kind of wired that way. Your humanity left unbridled is always going to pursue the more. So what do we have to do? We have to train ourselves to continue. Paul in Philippians chapter 4, Paul, the apostle Paul says this, I've, I've learned contentment. Whatever circumstance, whatever season, he says, this is what I've learned. Interesting, he's writing this from prison. Imagine that. He says, I've learned to be content. And then Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. Interesting. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. Paul wrote these words. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness, living godly. Partnered with contentment. He says it's great gain. Again, it's back to this whole concept that less is more. Now, having more and gaining more, again, please hear me, it's not bad. Having more and gaining more is not bad. But, but, if you, but you have to know the why. Why has God blessed you with more? And it's not just so that we can have more. It's so that we can be a blessing to others with the more that He's given us. As we learn contentment, it's then that we're free to be a blessing to others. As we learn contentment, it's then that we can truly discover that less is more. As we go through life, our goal is to love God and people and to use things to accomplish that goal. What we don't want to do is love things and use people. No, we want to love God and people and we want to use the things, whatever the things are, to help us accomplish this purpose. So don't you allow the lie of of more is better to keep you from the things that really add value to your life. Again, Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, Better is one handful with tranquility 
than two handfuls with tolls and, and chasing after the wind. Or possibly I could say it like this. Better is one handful and a great relationship with my children than two handfuls. And they grow up and I don't even know who they are. But, or maybe we could say it like this. Better is one handful and some really good friendships than the pursuit of things and, and really no spiritual community. Or, or better is... Is one handful and some experiences and and family vacations than two handfuls and there's no time to share life with others. Or maybe we could say it like this better is one handful and the ability to help others than two handfuls, and I'm so stinking busy I can't even see someone at a point in place of need. Or maybe we could say it like this. Better is one handful and I'm honoring God in my life and with my life than two handfuls and I'm so busy I don't even have time for God in my life. And I submit to you this morning that less can be more. And less can be more that opens your life to more of the life that you really desire. And that God desires for you. Bless us more. Would you pray with me, Lord? I thank you this morning for the counsel of your word, the instruction of your word. You knew we were going to be challenged, God, in in this area. And so, Lord, you've given us some direction and some guidelines. And for that, we're grateful. And Lord, as well. Lord, I think for everyone in the room today, and I know we're in different places, different seasons. We have college students. We have, we have young married couples. We have individuals who are single, single parents. We have individuals who are um, in retirement. Lord, people in different seasons, different stages, different places. But God, this is what I know this morning. We're all blessed. God, you've been good to us. So, Lord, we say thanks. Thanks for your goodness to us. And Lord, beyond that, this morning, can we repent? We repent for buying into the lie that more is better and being so consumed with chasing after more that we've been missing the things that really matter. Or so busy chasing after the more that maybe the more has become an idol in someone's life this morning. God, humbly we come this morning and we, we say, God, forgive us. For wrong pursuits. We, we align ourselves. We refocus ourselves this morning. To the fact Lord, that less is more. And Holy Spirit we ask. Lord I pray for myself. I pray for all of my friends in the room today. Because God I think this is like real for all of us. Holy Spirit, help us see the areas that we need to cut back. We are driven to consumption because our culture has conformed us to that way of thinking. Holy Spirit, help us to see. May we not just accumulate, 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 and there's no room for the more that you would want to bring into our lives, the more of family, the more of relationships. Holy Spirit, help us to see where we need to cut back. Holy Spirit, help us see where we need to clear out because we're, for the most part, God, we're pretty good at hoarding. We need to do a little clearing out. 
We need to do a little blessing others with all of the stuff. So Holy Spirit, help us to see those areas. And then, Holy Spirit, this is an area we really need some help. We need to learn contentment. Holy Spirit, help us reshape our minds, our hearts, because it is a state of mind, a state of heart. That we may live greatly. We may be in a place, God, where we would be able to say, wow, where I'm at is really good. I'm at peace. Holy Spirit, help us. It's the op- Again, it's the opposite of what our culture's molding us to. Help us to learn contentment. Oh Lord, may we truly live our lives understanding At last can be so much more. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.